Welcome to Bruin Source. This is Ed. This is Kevin. Uh, and we are coming to you from the first week of November. Um, this is kind of like the, the magic sweet spot for college uh, sports fans. It's, uh, you know, we're really in the swing of things, just getting that second half of uh, college football season kicked off. But also now we're tipping off with the college basketball season. So uh, it's really, really a special time of year, it feels like. Um, but when. As UCLA fans, we're, we're excited for both sports, which is a, has been a rare thing. Yeah, um, yeah, Bruin fans enjoy this moment. Uh, we haven't had these moments uh, a very a whole lot in the last uh, you know many years, decades, whatever you want to units you want to use. Um, two top ten teams right now, or you know top fifteen depends which poll you're using, and we'll get into that. But uh, you know it's a time to to enjoy for sure, and hopefully it's uh, a month to remember here. Yeah. I think uh, I think we're we're poised well to to have an exciting November here, but let's um, let's let's go back to last Saturday real quick. Um, UCLA played our one of our hated rivals from the last decade or so, uh, Stanford, uh, in a in a pretty one sided affair. Uh, one might call it a boring game. I thoroughly enjoyed dominating the Stanford Cardinal uh, to the point where. Was embarrassing for them, um, and I, I I think it was a it was a game that we kind of expected and wanted to see out of this defense and this team as a whole. Uh, what you what you think of the game? I'll call it a profession professional game. Uh, that that was the you know the best description I could think of as I was we were I was watching the game. Uh, never really threatened at any point. Uh, took a, an, an early lead uh, in the first quarter. And then never really looked back uh, afterwards, uh, and it's the kind of performance I think we were hoping for uh, from from UCLA. There, you always have that doubt in your mind, right? Just just for UCLA fans, there's nothing about this game and the matchup that really should have jumped out and said, "Oh my God!" Like Stanford could really hurt us with X, Y, and Z. There was really but you see no- that name Stanford, but you see the name Stanford, and you think of all the ghost pass and then you remember for a second hey wait they don't got toby gerhardt or christian mccaffrey or bryce love or all these guys that just run all over us um stanford was down to their third or fourth back in this game and that really showed uh and credit for you to ucla's defense uh for you know playing it exactly how they needed to play it that weird slow mesh offense that stanford runs but the linebackers didn't bite one bit on the running back. They were like, yep, go ahead, hand it off to that guy. We know he's not very good. We can tackle him. And on the other side, uh, you know, just a professional day once again, and and in quite the literal sense there for Zach Charbonnet. Uh, like, you hear the commentators going on and Todd McShay uh, during the game, and he's talking about like, yeah, you know, I think, I think Zach Charbonnet's played himself up in the third or fourth round. And I'm like, what, what, what are we watching over here? Like, like, he's he's jumped his way into the you know top ten running backs, and I'm going and looking at this list right now. I'm, I'm digressing here a bit, but like, I mean, we got Jameer Gibbs from Alabama. That's like the I go to Alabama card. Travis Dye from SC is on this list. That now Sachs Army has just overtaken him. Uh. I don't know. There, there's something I'm missing here. I don't. I don't. There's something I'm missing because he's come out of the gates. He is running over people, through people, past people. He looks like a prototypical, prototypical NFL back. I the one the one criticism I see time and time again, um, and I think uh, personally I don't think this is as big of a deal, but. The criticism is that Zach Charbonnet does not have the top end speed. Uh, for an NFL back. But so, so I hear that criticism, but then I look at the guys on this list, right? So the number one, Bijan Robinson, I have no issue with that. The measurables, the speed, I mean, everything, like textbook, when you look at this is what an NFL running back looks like, bell cow back, it's him. So I'm fine with that one. But the rest of these, I mean, Jameer Gibbs isn't known to have blazing speed. Uh, Devon Ashane from Texas A&M is, had a up and down season and he doesn't have a blazing speed so again that's where i think these rankings are going to change a bit between now and the end of the year yeah and and they should and i think um it's reflected and and not reflected really in the heisman race also right like 
I legitimately Zach Charbonnet should be a Heisman candidate right now. Uh, he's a guy who we should see in New York. Like I have no doubt in my mind about that. But I think uh, to Chip Kelly's actual credit this week, he called that out a little bit, right, in his post game presser. And I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but um, Charbonnet, Charbonnet, I think is getting a little bit of a. Uh, the short end of the stick here because of those bad TV times uh, with the Pac-12 not being put on TV at, at times where the East Coast voters are, are seeing him. Um, and I think that is ultimately hurting him. But, like, look at his, his stat sheet from this past past week. He had 21 carries for 198 um, <laughs> yards. Three touchdowns, okay? He also added five receptions for over 60 yards. He was actually our leading receiver last week. Um, and he, he did that in short order. Like, it it was utter dominance. Like, I haven't seen a back dominate a team like this in a very long time. He did this against Colorado. He's done this numerous times, time and time again this season. Um, and I, I think it's time that he starts getting the respect he deserves because he is playing as one of the best running backs, if not the best running back right now in the country. Uh, I I have no doubt in my mind about that. It's really funny. Uh, this is Zach Charbonnet basically did, again, what the likes of Christian McCaffrey and all those Stanford running backs have done to us over the years, right? Look at this. Like, now, what you said about the 21 carries for 198. Now, usually when you see a line like that, it means, hey, uh, he busted off a 70-yard run somewhere, and then he busted off a 50-yard run here. His longest rush of the day was 37 yards. So it's not like, you know, he busted off some big runs and that's what's inflating the stat here. No, those 21 carries, every single one went for either 7 to 10 yards. And then he busted in some long ones in there. So that's, I think, what's what's really crazy about this is the consistency. I mean, when he touches the ball, he's going to make the first man miss. It's really hard to tackle him. Uh, at, at this level, uh, the, the opponents that we have... You know, he, he should be up near, he's 10th right now in the nation in, in rushing. The way that we use him and just the way our offense works and the way we're going to need to use him now to close out the year and finish uh, 11-1, because that's, that's again the goal now, right? Uh, we've, we've set our expectations there. He's probably going to need to finish, and he will finish near the top of the rushing lists. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, he's already... Uh, 964 yards for the season just in rushing so I can't remember the last time we had a back that went for a thousand yards I guess maybe it was um, Perkins Kelly oh oh Kelly sorry absolutely yeah definitely. three years four years ago now so it's been about four years since we've had a guy really uh, put the the team on their back like the like and, this, and before so. for Kelly I think we had to go back to Paul Perkins so uh, yeah you know it, it's it's been a minute yeah, it uh, it has been a minute, but it has been a joy to watch him. Um, just really dominate other opponents. I think he he's he's playing at a at a level we haven't seen in a long time, and it's uh, it's fun to fun to watch that. Um, now, I think on the offensive side, yeah, go ahead. If, 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 uh, now, if there's only one thing to nitpick for offense, uh, you know, first off, unfortunately, just because. The argument becomes so statistical. I think Dorian Thompson Robbins Heisman campaign is has probably the fire is has had its last light. Uh, just because again, this is a statistical uh, argument a lot of times, and uh, a zero touchdown game here probably didn't help him. But I think he's you know still had a very good game. He he toughed it out there. Uh, he he was getting beat up. And and if there's one criticism I have from this game, it's that. Uh, we we got we allowed too much pressure and hits on the quarterback. Some of that was scrambling hits. All right, now scr- some of that was him running and then getting into uh, to defenders, and that's there. Uh, but we let rushers on him uh, pretty pretty consistently, and then Stanford got home a few times there too. So that if there's any criticism of this game, uh, it's it's probably that. Otherwise, I mean, DTR had a very heroic effort in my mind. Just you know, toughed it out, gutted it out, um, you know, and he was. He- I think it was clear he was also playing injured for parts of that game. And I don't think he had any major sort of injury, but you know, he was he was beat up a little bit. And and to give Stanford some credit, I think their their D line 
and their pass rush is probably one of the stronger aspects of their their team as a whole. So twenty one sacks on the year. Be... Yeah, twenty one sacks in the year, thirty yeah. fifth in the country. So so it shouldn't be surprising that was the one successful part of the their game plan. Um, but you know, I think DTR he played and uh, managed the game very well. He didn't have any super flashy plays or anything like that. He didn't, you know, throw for a touchdown. He did run for a touchdown, so he did um, score score on that option play. But uh, overall, I, I mean, I'm not worried about his play in this game. Um, we also were plagued by a few kind of weird, uncharacteristic drops by some players. Um, we really haven't seen that this season, but we did have a few of those that I think hurt his stat line in the end of the at the end of the day. But, um, yeah, I think as long as he's healthy, I'm not worried about his play here. Uh, he, he did what he needed to do. We got a, a dominant win. Um, one, we probably left some points on the, the table, but you know, it is what it is. As long as the, the W is what's important here. You know, the other um, neat thing about this, the, this game, uh, the backup work from Zach Charbonnet, Keegan Jones did not get in the game very much. Um, and you know, Colson Yankov actually got, got, four carries Kaz Allen got four carries some of them on some you know design runs and such of course uh, Keegan Jones did not get in the game so you know that that's probably something to watch uh, to, to through the end of the year but you know what we're, we're in November we're at the business end of the year and uh, it's it's probably you know ride Zach Charbonnet time from from now until the end yeah, I, I agree. It is right, Zach Charbonnet time. But it is a little concerning that we don't have a true backup here. Um, and Keegan Jones did get one carry for no gain. Mm-hmm. So he did show in the up in the stat line. But I think to your point, it, there was a clear uh, going away from him as the backup here. I liked what I saw out of Casimir. I mean, he, he busted off that long run. Um, obviously showed off his track speed there. Me, I think he's somebody that we need to utilize more. Like we utilized Demetric Felton, um, but it will be interesting to see. Uh, Tamarian Harden did get in the game. Uh, he did get one carry for uh, four yards here. So we'll see if he if he is um, relied on a little bit more. But it does seem like we're going to have some sort of backup by committee approach here going forward, which I think is the right move. Uh, I don't think um, Keegan Jones was necessarily the guy here that we needed um, to be carrying the ball a bunch after behind Zach Charbonnet. So we'll, we'll see how that kind of um, shakes out. And also when you have DTR running the ball as much as he has been, um, it takes a little bit weight off the backup running back type role as well. So will be interesting to watch. Um, I do want to shout out the defense again. I know we've briefly mentioned this for, for stepping it up in this game. Uh, obviously Stanford uh, offense is uh, not very good, but we still needed to take care of business. And they did that more, more or less. Um, Darius Musau had again another interception that's two for him on the year um, the d-line played pretty well uh, again to your point they're like third or fourth uh, third or fourth like string running back uh, and I thought the dbs played decently in this game I, I don't remember any noticeable major breakdowns on any db end in this game which is an improvement <laughs> since the last definitely an improvement I mean they, they stayed with their man they didn't get penalties uh, Stanford you did think that eventually they would just be able to hit a couple pot shots over us because that's what teams have done this year. But we we, we didn't give up any uh, any real big plays that that come to mind really. We defended them pretty well. That that whole slow mesh thing when when Tanner McKee started to pull the ball back, he had to kind of just like chuck some shots down the field. Um, none of them really came to fruition. So good showing from the defense. Uh, you know, good showing once again from. Lot to the pass rush. The pass rush got home uh, the, the, this game, and we're going to need it because uh, this coming week, you know, a- a- Arizona State struggling this year, the three and five, but uh, ha- had a good game this past week, albeit against you know Colorado. But they've put together some some decent offensive performances outside of the game against Stanford, against SC, uh, you know, against Washington, and then Colorado. So uh, you know, we're I, th- I think we'll be. We'll need another week like this to get, go on the road and 
win at a place that we haven't won in a really long time. I don't think we've won here since our senior year. I The ASU game, I feel like we've been... I, I, I was looking at the stats. I think in the last 10 games, we're 5-5. Five and five. Like It's a, been a series that's been dead even um, in, the, in recent history. So, and I think basically the home team has won almost every time. Yeah, it... Again, so now I think we need to get into the rankings conversation and the and the conference race because, you know, we're into November and we're in the thick of it. So the equation for UCLA is very simple. We have to win win out. We got to win the rest of our games. Very unlikely, just the way that things are breaking right now, that we can be a two-loss team and still make our way to Vegas. So that means, you know, the big game obviously is against SC, but we got to hold our serve on all these games and ASU is a team we have struggled with in the past. Uh, their quarterback last week, you know, he, he had some, some fun. He, he was having some fun and albeit again against Colorado, but Trenton Borgay threw for 435 yards. Uh, you know, the games that, that he's gotten in and played, uh, he's thrown three touchdowns, uh, you know, in each of those games. And then they, they run the ball. Well, uh, as a Xavier Valaday, um, you know, 760 yards, Arizona State start to the year was really dreadful. Um, you know they 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 really struggled uh, at, at the at the beginning of the year, but again two and one in their last three. And you know this is once again we're having the same conversation to Stanford last week, right? Like technically on paper we should be able to just take Zach Chardonnay, hand the ball off, use DTR, control the clock, and get out of there with a win. Um, but weird things have happened when we travel there, uh, and we gotta just avoid these big mistakes and not give up a big play. Yeah, I mean, look, if we lose to ASU this year, them having all the struggles they've had, them firing Hermit Edwards, they have an interim coach right now. Uh, they have basically is Bor Borge a walk on, if I remember correctly. Uh, yes. He was a, I, I believe he was a walk-on. So we have a walk-on quarterback here starting for them, potentially, who, who played solidly against Colorado. Um, if we lose to this team, like, let's just, just fold the program. <laughs> I'll go that far. Like, just, just end it. Uh, like, I just, we, if we're truly a top 10 team, again... Which you know in the rankings, that's what we're showing as, and and the AP and the AP is, rankings, um, CFP. I think we're at twelve, but you know, okay, let's say between ten and fifteen. Even if you're a team within ten and fifteen right now, we should not lose to this team. Now again, I'll throw one last little scary stat about this game, because those guys in Vegas, uh, they're they're pretty good at their job. We're ten and a half point favorites, so it's uh, interesting. We're not. I don't know if this factors in, you know, the, you know, we're, that we haven't done well there in the past and that ASU's plays. I, I don't know what that, that's all factoring in, but 10.5 points. If we get out of this game, um, you know, I think that uh, it, what I want to see is, again, another professional game. Um, you know, control the ball on offense, get enough stops to where, you know, we put the game away by halftime. Ideally, you know, that's that's the direction this goes. But, it, I think it's really on our defense because if, if we play anywhere near the defense we did this past weekend and just don't let them get a foothold, I don't see how ASU even comes close in this game. Agreed. And and I'm not worried about this being like a classic trap game, right? There's no opponent the next week that we should be looking ahead to because we have Arizona coming to town. And Arizona also is not very good. So this shouldn't be a case of looking ahead to the next opponent. Now... There, you could argue that they might be just kind of looking ahead to November nineteenth a little bit, you know, with these two fairly um, bad teams coming uh, up, up on the schedule now. But I would hope with the with with the leadership on this team at this point, like we're not doing that. Um, nobody should be looking ahead two three weeks in advance. So. Yeah, I, I, I think we should be able to handle Arizona State pretty handily. Um, everything points to that direction, and, and if not, then something something major has gone wrong. <laughs> um, I we'll agree. See. I agree. 
Um, cool. Anything Anything else going on with football before we move on to mix season? I am ready to to have this next conversation. Yeah, so it's November 2nd. Um, this the, the date we're recording. Um, we just had the exhibition game about a couple hours ago, just ended. Uh, I, I, I was there, I went live. I, I know you watched Kevin. Um, you know, always hard to kind of take, make meaningful takeaways out of a exhibition game playing against D2 teams from, you know, the lineup perspective, coaching perspective, play, you know, there's, there's all sorts of things. The game was a little messy, but I think there's some, some fun stuff that we saw in this. And I think that it is a, a perfect way to kind of kick off the season preview of what we're expecting from this team. Um, and, and we're expecting good things. I think is the bottom line here. Let me just start by saying this. Uh, this was, I, I was really looking forward to this game. Um, on, on two two respects, did you come with me to this game? Uh, you know, our freshman year, the very first game that we we went to at Poly was an exhibition game against Concordia, uh, and that game ended up being kind of indicative of what kind of season we were going to have. I still remember Mustafa Abdul Habib hitting the the, the game winning shot there, uh, so that was fun that we got to play Concordia again and and all that stuff. Um, but honestly, well, you're a, you're a local OC kid. I'm too, a local. So, so Concordia, I, I've uh, you know grow, growing up in 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 Irvine, like we would go there and just like you know if it's like midnight basketball or whatnot, that was actually the place where everyone would go and do that. Um, so I've, I've spent a lot of time in Concordia. Aside from that, though, you know, I've been really looking forward to tonight. I've been looking forward to doing this episode ever since we lost that game at, against North Carolina. I, I still have not really gotten over that loss. Uh, I, 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 I can't go back and even look at any clips from the game. Uh, I'm just sick at my stomach even thinking about it right now. And I just, I needed to see this next version of our team on the floor. I just needed to see the next season start because I, I still can't believe that we lost the game the way we did. And, uh, you know, now it's, it's finally here. You get to see everyone and, there's so many things to be excited about with this team, um, you know, and, and again, overmatched opponent tonight, the game was sloppy, right, and it, to start in, in some respects, but you can see why we are excited about this team. Returning star power, uh, you know, Tiger, Tiger Campbell, Jaime Jaquez, both player of the year candidates, really, and then you got the superstar freshman coming in, um, Jalen Clark coming in looking like he's going to take the next step. There's so much to be excited with this team uh, this upcoming season. And, I mean, expectations are sky high exactly where they should be, you know, and, and, and where this program, this this school deserves for them to be. You know, that we, we deserve and everyone wants this team to be a perennial top 10 national title contending team. We don't want to just make the tournament and go to the Sweet 16 anymore. That's not what we're about. And, you know, really ha- – and you know, was, was bummed last year when we lost to North Carolina, but happy that we can come back this year and take another crack at the egg. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've been looking forward to this for, for a long time. I'm excited to get the season started on Monday. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think on paper what we're looking at now is a team that has a really exciting mixture of, of that veteran leadership now with that young um, infusion of talent, but not only talent, but this is the first time I think under Mick Cronin we've had a level of top-end athleticism that will allow him to run a defensive team like he wants to. I think he, you know, mixed and matched and, you know, duct taped together a defense the last couple of years with personnel that didn't necessarily fit the scheme and defensive intensity and defensive ability um, that he wanted to and, you know, did it to pretty uh, high, uh, a pretty high level. Obviously, you know, in the last couple of years, got to that sweet six or got to that final four. Sorry. We were in the, the final, you know, minutes of that sweet 16 game, which, you know, arguably we probably should have won. Not going to, not going to go into that. Um, but I think that at the end of the day now, you have a guy like Adem Bona down low. You have a guy like Amari Bailey. Uh, Jalen Clark is now starting. 
three out of your five starters now have just ooze like pure athleticism. Um, and, you know, I think I, I, we're not, again, not taking a lot away from this exhibition. You saw some of that on the court, like live. You know, we've talked about this being on paper for a number of months, hearing about it from practice and, you know, summer reports and practice reports and whatnot. But like seeing that on the floor for the first time was incredibly exciting. And I think the one guy that really, really jumped out um, in this game was Bona. Like Adem Bona, you could just see the freak athleticism there and the willingness to just try to kill the ball every (laughs) opportunity he could get. Like, he was, every time he was on the floor out playing defense, he was there under the basket and was just like, let's go. I'm waiting for this someone to try to take a shot on me. Um, you know, he could, you could see him leap. He, he was, you know, a willing rebounder. Like, you see that in his game. Um, and that's what we, we need and want from him. He didn't score a lot and, you know, he is going to have some rough games. I think, you know, he's young and inexperienced in many ways. So, you know, I think people need to, to expect that over the course of the season, but the, like the pure athleticism and the talent, it just, it leaps off the court. Um, and that's the first, first time we've seen this with the UCLA team in a very, very long time. Yeah, we haven't had a rim protector in a while. Certainly, you know, Mick, Miles Johnson tried at times last year, but I don't think, you know, we haven't had this uh, in in Mick's time here. Uh, Adem Bona, the stat sheet, obviously, you know, five blocks, a steal. According to Mick, he had 15 deflections as well. So, you know, in the the Mick Cronin stat book, a lot of ways that he's popping up the floor. I'll just say this, um, you know, the only thing that might hold this from not being true is, you know, just his offensive game. He is very, very raw there. And tonight, you know, he's only scored two points, but I think he will score more than that this year. Uh, but overall, he I should think, have had a, a highlight dunk. Should have had a highlight dunk. Overall, us as UCLA fans, we should enjoy a Dembona until, you know, hopefully early April, you know, this this coming year. Because um, I think, you know, if the season goes the way that we think it's going to go, that, uh, you know, he, he will not be here after April next year. So we should enjoy him while we have him. And, you know, I'm, I'm with you on on everything about, you know, the athleticism about of the team and, you know, all the guys that we had, Jules and Johnny and, and all these, these players from the previous teams. I mean, we wouldn't have gotten where we got without those players but there was always an element of, you know, unless we were in perfect positions defensively, we were going to, you know, allow a penetration, give up baskets. And it's how we ended up losing some of the games that we lost last year. This year, again, on paper, and, and, I, and I say that, you know, intentionally, but on paper, the athleticism is there to guard the ball and to become a very elite defensive team. Now, if you listen to Mick after the game, uh, which I got a chance to listen to right before we started here, uh, he is not happy with the defense right now. Uh, because you know he he shocks us up into nor, nor should he nor be. should he be right, um, so I I think the, now the the kicker here is I think tonight we actually did have um, some defensive breakdowns I think we will have those breakdowns as the season starts and we uh, you know get into higher levels of competition, but we have levels of athleticism on this team and we have guys like Bona and Amari and Jalen Clark. Who can kind of bail us out? They'll get back into position much quicker. They'll get back and challenge the ball much faster. Um, and I think that's a, a trump card that this team will have that the others don't have. I think there's you know a, a couple things on this team that you know it takes it from you know hey we're just trying to win the Pac-12 and get a good seed to you know no we're trying to get a one or a two seed in the West and then like really make a deep run. Um, the first thing is obviously I think it's the freshman because because Tiger and Jaime if tonight is not even the indication they're they're going to be good uh, you know obviously everything is dependent on health but you know they're 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 going to get their points they're going to have their way and and let's let's before we even talk about the freshman I do I do want to chat about those two guys real quick I mean 
I think what we've been hearing about Tiger over the, the past few weeks and what we even saw today was Tiger is a much more willing scorer, to, uh, and he is scoring, and he looked good scoring tonight. Again, D2 team, but the way he's shooting the ball with confidence, we saw that last year too, but even now he's looking for his shot more, it felt like. He's willing to drive the ball and and try to get the bucket and and he's still passing i'm not saying he's not but i think he looks like he is a more confident scorer and and the biggest takeaway from jaime is that you know his going into the season was hey is he going to be healthy and he looked absolutely healthy yeah he, he looks absolutely healthy we should again enjoy this while we got it um tiger campbell and jaime Hawkes are the anomaly of college basketball today uh you don't get guys like that who stay for as long as they have have had the success that they have had and are still here to give us a fourth season. So we should enjoy that. And for Mick Cronin, um, I think this is a big, big year for, uh, and obviously we are all very supportive of Mick Cronin, but this is a big year for him because, you know, while this, this team is less experienced than the previous teams, I think the previous teams are the real big anomaly, right? I mean, this is as good as it gets in college basketball these days. You have two returning like superstars, and then you have a couple of other like guys that are returning that you sprinkle around them with superstar freshmen. Like, that's as good as it gets these days. So for, for Mick, um, you know, the trump card of, you know, inexperience and all that, you know, I, we, we, I, I'm not sure I'm, if, if we struggle out of the gate here, I'm going to really buy that, right? So we got we to gotta get that, uh, get these guys going here. Again, so the things I think that really take us to the next level, you know, Adem Bona and Amari Bailey, um, and I think throw Jalen Clark in here. We need a third guy to emerge that can step up with Tiger and Jaime. Uh, that uh, that's dependable on a night in night out basis. Now, is that going to be Amari Bailey? Are we talking about you know Kevin Love and Lonzo Ball, or are we talking about Shabazz Muhammad here? Uh, because if we get something in between, I think then we get the makings of again a, a third scorer there, Jalen Clark. So that's like one bit. Overall, I think our starters are looking pretty elite. And Mick said that himself. Uh, he said he said that himself. The starters look elite. We have two guys now coming back from long-term injuries in Mac Etienne and Will McClendon. They are going to have to play big roles off our bench this year, and this is really their first year in high major competitive basketball. Mac, of course, had a few games when he was thrown to the fire uh, his high school senior year when he was with us, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to call it his freshman year. Um, and he looked solid in those those spare minutes. He, so he looked good in those minutes, but say. you know you got David Singleton, Dylan Andrews looked good tonight, and I'm excited to see you know how he he looks off the bench. But those two with Mac uh, and Will McClendon, we need a bench to emerge um, because you know we get a bench and we get some some good rotation in there. Then this starts to look like a really deep unit, and that's again when you can start to say you know hey we got those elite starters with the bench and that's the makings of a real national title contender. And that's when, again, when you start to go from like, let's just try to win the pac 12 to let's, we're trying to get a one seed. And that's the goal this year. You know, that that's, that's really the goal. So in my mind when I, and, and this is something I think we've, we've talked about a little bit, like, you know, from a depth perspective, who, who, who's going to emerge. And I think the one spot that we've always been a little shaky at and even coming into this season was like, who's going to be that second big man? Um, you know, there were reports about Kenneth Nuba coming, uh, kind of emerging as that second guy who looked like he could be a capable backup, looking better on offense, you know, slimmed down, looking a little bit more athletic, playing, you know, still at that high energy he's always played with, which, you know, I absolutely commend him for. Um, I, after tonight's game, I um, am not buying that hype. At all. Um, and so I think that makes Mac Etienne coming back healthy even more important. I think that is going to be a big key to this season. Um, getting him back soon and, and getting meaningful minutes out of him. Um, the other thing we're going to have to do if, is if we do need to ease Mac, and we probably will need to ease Mac a little bit into kind of game action, is how do we scheme around when Bona's not on the, the court? Like, I would rather have a small ball lineup in there right now than Nuva, frankly. Um, so I think that backup center position and how Mac kind of comes back from injury is going to be really, really important. On the flip side, though, I, I, I think from a, from a guard perspective, obviously we know what Singleton can do. Uh, he looked good out there. Uh, he can always shoot the ball. We've, we've seen a, a higher level of athleticism and, 
and um, willingness to drive the ball as well from him. So that's been that's been good to see. Um, but Dylan Andrews, I think, looked really, really, really good out there as a true freshman tonight. Um, I was surprised at how, again, as a D2 player, or against a D2 team, but I was really surprised at how poised and polished he looked on offense, and uh, he was a willing defender. In many ways, his athleticism did not jump off the the court as much as even seeing Bailey on the court did, but he had a better game than even Amari Bailey this game, um, which I was surprised about. Um, so, you know, he's, he's another guy that I think we could see potentially see like emerge off the bench and be a, be that second unit point guard leader, um, that we're, we're going to need. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see, actually see him play and not only see him play, but actually see that he can play really well. Yeah, of course, the, the, the big difference on this team, uh, other than the athleticism is the fact that we have essentially three point guards. Uh, Amari Bailey is an NBA point guard. Uh, that will be his position at the next level. And so we have three of those from where we've actually just really had one. I mean, Jules Bernard did the best he could as a backup point guard, but we really haven't had a backup point guard until this year. So we have three guys who are real willing passers. We're going to share the ball a whole bunch more. This is another, I think, really interesting thing to watch for is, is how does Mick want to play with this team? Because on one hand, when you have so many passing guards and so many athletic people on the floor – you would say, you know, hey, we're, we want to run more and we want to be more up-tempo, but I just, I don't know if that's really up his alley. I don't know if, if you know, he, he can handle the things that kind of come with that, right? I mean, if you're going to be a faster up-and-down team, you're going to turn the ball over more, and is that something that he can really stomach? Um, that's going to be interesting to see this in the early part of this season because I think last year we, we, we tried all that. We wanted to be this, like, fun-and-gun team in the early part of the season, and then we played Gonzaga, and we're like, yeah, let's show up that. We're not doing that anymore. Um, you know, this year we, we got the three games in, in early non-conference, but the competition's going to get tough quick here. Uh, cause, cause in a few weeks we're, we play Illinois on a Friday and then we got probably Baylor, but Baylor or Virginia, uh, on a Sunday. And that's sandwiched in between, you know, obviously the football game for, against SC. So the competition's going to, going to get up here, um, you know, pretty quickly. So be interesting to see, you know, what's our, our play style out of the gate. Me personally, I don't know if I want to see us be a fun and gun team. I, I'm, I'm just, I don't, I don't know if that we need to do all that. Like off of, you know, rebounds and, and missed shots, if your defense can create transition opportunities, all for it. Run, go do all that. But I think, I think that's the key here, right? Is I think if we're a defensive first team and we're looking to create turnovers and we have the ability to run then, that's where that's powerful. I, I agree. I don't think we want to, just try to get teams in track meets here every game. Now, the other thing, obviously, that's going to be interesting is shooting. Uh, and, and tonight we struggled, but, but you know, again, I don't know how much you can take away from a, an exhibition game. I think the thing is, I don't think we will be as good of a shooting team as maybe the last couple of years when we had very capable three-point shooters, Juzang, Jules, uh, and the likes of them. That said, there are going to be games this year, I think, where we're just we're just not going to be able to shoot the ball. Um, and that's just, again, kind of the, the personnel that we got, right? I mean, Tiger, I think, is always going to be an elite shooter. David Singleton is always going to be an elite shooter. But there are going to be games this year where we're just not going to be able to shoot, and we're going to need to use our defense and our transition and, you know, just bump the ball to Jaime Hawkes and just use that slow game to, to get in there. So... That's the balance I think Mick has to play with. You know, if if you if we want to be a fast up and down team, usually that means you've got to be able to, to shoot it a little bit. And so yeah, we'll see how that goes. So this is where I actually disagree with you. I actually think we have an opportunity here to be a better shooting team. When you think about our personnel last year, we 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 had Jules, who was a capable three point shooter, streaky but capable, mm-hmm. and then we had Juzang, who. I would argue was a better mid-range shooter than he was a three-point shooter. Yes, he had some games he went off from three, but it wasn't consistent. He was streaky from from three. I think his strength was kind of the the elbow jumper in the mid-range game. I think the the common misconception around him was he was an elite three-point shooter, and I don't think he ever showed that he was, uh, minus you know parts of the tournament where he went nuclear. 
I, I think if we're trying to uh, replace that production, obviously we still have Tiger there, who has been a very, very good three-point shooter uh, in the last season, and he, he shot the ball well tonight as well. Um, we obviously have David Singleton, who's been an excellent three-point shooter. Um, but I think then we have guys who are supposed to be good shooters, like Moe McClendon. Obviously, he needs to come back healthy. But I think there's an opportunity for him to step up in this in this category. Um, you know, Jaime shot the ball from three pretty poorly last season. But I think with healthy ankles, uh, he will kind of return back to his average you know, career averages in the, the mid-high 30s here. So he, he should be improved. And I think, um, you know, based on what we've read and seen around Amari Bailey, he should be a capable three-point threat as well. Um, so, so I think there is an opportunity to fill that void of losing Jules, losing Juzang. You know, we lost Jake Kaiman also. I, he didn't play a lot last year, but again, another capable three-point shooter. Um and fill that those those gaps with guys who actually might be end up being better three point shooters in them. Uh, still too early to tell, but I I think that we so, so I do agree with you on this. I, I I do th- I I don't think we're going to be a bad three point shooting team at all. Um, I I think that we will be in a, a an average or above average uh, three point shooting team. Now the key I think to that is, you know the the two new guards here, uh, Jalen Clark uh, and Amari Bailey. But then off the bench, Dylan Andrews, Will McClendon. Of of those of those four, um, on on any given day, we're probably going to need one to two of them to step up and just uh, you know shoot the ball well on that day. Uh, and you're assuming in that equation that Tiger is going to be con- pretty consistent, and I think that's pretty you know reasonable to assume, and that Dave Singleton will be pretty consistent. So I think we have the personnel. Uh, we have I think definitely the ability to 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 do it. Per your point. Um, Overall, the, the better that this team, the quicker we can gel together defensively, I think the better. Because, uh, again, we go back to that non-conference. Uh, it's it's going to get hot pretty quickly here. And, and, and next week, what we want to see is that we get better and better from Monday to Friday to the following Monday and get ready for that tournament uh, in Vegas uh, so that we can get, get a couple of those non-conference wins. Because, again, um, let's... Let's set the expectation for this year. Uh, we we definitely want that Pac-12 championship. I'm I'm sick and tired of of seeing other teams win that win this conference. I'm I'm tired of it. Um, and so we want that, but we also want. I, I think this year the goal is to get a top three seed, if not you know at like a one or a two. And for that, we're gonna need to win some of these non-conference games. So, uh, you know that that's my expectation. I don't know if you have different ones. No, I don't. I mean, I I think that's a, exactly in line with what I'm kind of expecting from this team here. I think we uh, we should have the talent, the leadership, and the depth here to win this conference. And then, you know, looking at the conference, I don't see any teams that like can boast that. I think you know Arizona will be will be a solid to good team. I think Oregon will be good. I think you know SC might take a step back, but uh, Oregon again is doing their normal thing where they're bringing back a bunch of new guys, um, and I'm sure you know Dan Altman will get them into a, a threat. Arizona is interesting; they lost a lot of production um, and lost kind of their their big big size and athleticism advantages that they had last season. So I'm interested to see how they kind of bounce back. I my prediction is I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last season. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens there. Like aside from that, I think those three or four teams are what who's going to be vying for the conference here. And on paper, like UCLA should be the favorite here uh, easily. And I and I know the Pac-12 um, media day, the coaches voted us to be the favorite. So it's it's not this has this team has not gone unnoticed. I think. Everyone kind of knows it. It's a matter of, you know, do we stay healthy and do we play up to our potential um, remains to be seen. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, Monday can't come, can't come quick enough to, to get, you know, a real, a real game on the, on the schedule here. All right. So let's, let's, uh, let's just look at non-conference uh, schedule and, and let's just, let's just say the, 
the month of November. Let's just do a quick, you know, preview of that. Um, so obviously the three easy games next week and then the tournament in Vegas. What are your expectations for November? Ooh, so, I mean, look, the three easy games, <laughs> those uh, those better be wins. Like, I Correct. don't even, do we even need to say that? So really, what are your expectations for Vegas? I, I'm more asking about it in the sense, like, you know, I, I wonder what Monday and next Monday and Friday are going to look like. Because um, looking at the early parts of, of this game today, forget all the sloppiness. It's it's an exhibition game. It's the first game, whatever. There was an element of, like, you know, these guys haven't played a lot of five. And, and Mick said this in the post game too. Because we've had the injuries to Mac and Will and such, we haven't done a lot of five-on-five five work, and that that showed itself uh, a little bit. And and I wonder how that's going to play out next week um, in, in those first few games. I'm hoping that we can improve, you know, from game to game, cut down the turnovers. Uh, you know, we had 12 turnovers tonight. Uh, cut those down. You know, Illinois is, is a preseason ranked team, of course. Um, you know, we should match up well with them, though. But, uh, you know, that's... My hope is that we at least win one of those games. Um, Baylor, I think, is a hard ask. It's it, it's going to be a hard ask uh, for this team. They do what we do, but but they do it really well with some some more experienced players. So uh, I'm hoping though we 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 can at least get one of those in Vegas. Yeah, I think the you're you're right. The first three games are the three games they're they're essentially tune up games right like we need to get that sloppiness out we need to uh just get some some playing time and experience under some of these guys belt playing together in an actual live game uh, environment i'm not worried about losing any of those games if we lose any of those games that is a much bigger problem and I, we should not that shouldn't be a concern not with this team Illinois will be interesting. I think that's going to be our first real test. And I think if we're playing sloppy still, then we will lose that game. I think Illinois is a good enough team to beat us if they're on and we're playing loose and not well. And I don't think Mick will... Ha- will um, I don't think we'll be at a point with this team that will be playing that poorly to lose to Illinois. So I do think we'll beat them. Yeah, Baylor is going to be a tough ask. I, I think we, we have the personnel, we have the team, we have the the guys to do it. Um, I, the good thing is it's not on the road We're uh, in the sense of we're not going to Baylor. It is on a, a neutral ground. Um, but is, and the sad thing is, though, I, I, don't, I don't know if we'll, we're going to play well in T-Mobile arena. That's the one other thing that scares me in these two games. Um, based on our experiences there last year. So um, we'll we'll see how that goes. I think that we'll start off the season basically, you know, four and one at that point. And then we have Pepperdine and Bellarmine after that. So to end, end November. Um, again, two more cupcake games. So we should really end November like six and one here. No, no worse than that, in my opinion. Yeah, I think... I'm hoping that we can get to the point where we can beat Illinois. I, I'm curious to see that, though. But regardless of how that goes, I think by the end of November, we're going to have worked out some of these kinks to where, you know, some of the non-conference in December, when we're, well, not just non-conference, but conference play in, in December when we play Oregon and then play the likes of Maryland, Kentucky. Um, you know, I think hopefully we'll be ready for that. You know, the, the interesting thing here is uh, Adem Bona, he's going to get tested because – the two guys in in college ba- there's probably three of them uh, in college basketball that you know his athleticism he's probably not going to be able to just get away with it against those guys on that day and uh, that's that's Flo Tamba and Chachua at Baylor that uh, they got two of them yeah. and then they got it's it's Shibwe at Kentucky and then obviously the one man that we're very familiar with which is Armando Baco uh, out of North Carolina and we're gonna play two of them. Uh, in the early part of the season here. So Dembona is going to get a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of growing pains out of the way, but I think it, it, all in all, it'll do him good because, you know, after playing those guys, conference play, uh, that, that, that should be pretty easy work for him. Yeah. And I can't think of any, any big men in 
the Pac-12 this season. I know Ballo is a big, big dude in uh, in Tucson over there, but I think Bona's athleticism kind of helps counter that. But yeah, I, I, he he is really going to be tested there. It, it's he's it's trial by fire at that point. But again, I'd rather have him be tested right now. And even if we lose those games, that's fine as as long as. It, it is a learning experience for, for some of these young guys by the time we get to March. I think that's the goal here. It, it, it's, it's some of these big marquee games aren't going to have an impact on how we play in the in, um, against other Pac-12 opponents because I just don't think the Pac-12 is that great this year. But I do think it will have a huge positive impact to learn for the uh, actual tournament uh, in March. So I think... Yeah, it's it's good we're playing these games. Overall, between Illinois uh, and then Baylor, Virginia, Maryland, and Kentucky, um, we have to do one of two things. We either have to go three and one, and then you know win the conference, or we have, can go two and two, but that means we have to have a really strong conference uh, conference season. And we do those things. Um, that's when I think we start to talk about you know meeting those lofty expectations, the expectations exactly where they should be. And I'm really happy that they are where they are. I'm going to enjoy this season uh, for that uh, because this is where we all have wanted to be for a very long time, you know, back to back and hopefully, you know, even more seasons to come where we're in the top. The expectations are sky high. It is final four or bust, national title or bust. Uh, that's exactly where we want this to be. So let's enjoy it. Yeah, it's a it's an exciting time to be a UCLA fan right now. I think that that you mentioned that November weekend that is going to be an exciting, potentially ecstatic or depressing weekend. <laughs> it's uh, it is fun to look forward to it though. I think that's going to be a good a good time. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, it's that time of year, and uh, now we just uh, get to sit back and watch watch the uh, watch the show, and either be really really happy or not not happy at all. <laughs> Let's be happy. Let's just enjoy it. Let's hope for now we happy. can be happy. For now we'll for be now happy. we can be happy. Give it three weeks. Um, cool. Uh, anything? Anything else we want to want to? cover before we we sign off i think we got it all cool i do too um well i think with that uh we're going to give a bruin goodbye and we will catch you all next week hopefully with a um win over arizona state on saturday and depending on when we record a win against uh sac state on monday for the basketball team Uh, With that, we will sign off and go Bruins. Go Bruins.